You are listening to Carly on the New School Podcast, Episode 8, Home Educating as an Entrepreneur. Welcome to the New School Podcast with your hosts, Carly Baum and Aveline Brunsma. At New School, we are empowering parents, educating at home in the new normal. Whatever configuration of education you landed on for your children this year, we are confident some component is going to include educating in the home environment. That's where we come in. We are here to encourage and support you with proven home education techniques, empowering mindset advice, and an overall positive conversation on how supplementing your children's education at home can lead to exceptional outcomes, both educationally and within your relationships. Thank you for being here. Let's dive in to today's episode. Hi guys, I'm so excited to chat with you today about a topic near and dear to my heart, entrepreneur life as a work from home mom. And let's just add to that title, entrepreneur life as a homeschooling mom. It's a brand new landscape for me this year, as it is for you, I'm sure, since you're listening in on this episode. So first, I just want to say welcome to your new normal. I hope the year has started off well for you, all big changes and learning curves considered. I'm so pumped to dig into this topic. My goal with this episode is to provide you with some tried and true methods of mine that I've learned through much trial and error. I'll get into all of that in a bit, but for now, to start, I'll tell you a little bit of my work history and where I'm at now, aka what I'm juggling in between homeschooling, picking up endless toys, changing diapers, wiping bums, and retrieving approximately 7,000 snacks a day. At least that's what it feels like to me. But before all the babies, right out of university, I started working in an advertising sales and a marketing for a media company. Shortly after that, and for the last 10 years, I've been self-employed. And in that time, we've moved five times and welcomed three children, all of which are five and under at this moment. Adaptation has been the name of the game. Presently, I manage my own brand at carlybomb.com, which includes designing and managing my own website, email list of mindful and entrepreneurial mamas, and social media platforms, while also designing websites, writing copy, and any other freelance design and brand strategy requests by my amazing clients most of which are working moms like you and I. It's a beautiful line of work and I truly enjoy it. Add to the work from home pile this podcast and the creation of New School, which I can't even tell you. I am beyond excited to be working on this project, bringing this content to you. As we were preparing for this year of homeschool and having recurring amazing conversations, Aveline and I, it became so clear to me that we had to join forces and contribute some calm and clarity to the discussion of education this year. In what has felt like a chaotic and confusing year on so many fronts, I knew that together, with her extensive experience in education, in class and in the home, which is so rare, my friends, that she has seen overseen thousands of families in homeschool environments, and now she's sharing that juicy wisdom with you and I, oh, it just makes my heart so glad. Add to the combo my passion for empowered thinking, mindful motherhood, and authentic digital marketing. I just knew we had to team up and create something good, something that would lift parents up at a time when the world feels so heavy and unusual. So the New School podcast and digital course are very happily a part of my work from home load now too. And a quick side note on that, the course is coming soon. I'm so excited. So be sure you're on the list when we launch. Make sure you've gone over to our website and subscribed. 
That way you'll be the first to know when it's accessible and you're going to get super helpful insider freebies from time to time. Like right now, our daily and weekly planning system for parents and children. Head over to newschool.ca. We've got you covered when it comes to empowered education in the home this year. Anyway, back to homeschooling while working from home. As I began to have children, I realized I had to become very deliberate about when I worked, how I worked, and when to put the work away. In the beginning, I'd slap things together where I could, and I was always feeling mildly frustrated. I never felt like I had enough time in either direction, motherhood or entrepreneurship. It's a slippery slope living that way. And I'm not here to say that I'm not pulled harder in one direction over another still. I absolutely am, and I want to preface this whole episode with this. Give yourself grace in this season and all seasons. I don't exactly believe in balance. I believe more in alignment with your core values and loads of grace area as new seasons demand differently of you. But I'll get into that more another time. What I'm trying to say is that on this topic, the tips I'm going to share with you today are guidelines that have served me. I don't follow them perfectly 100% of the time, but when I make an effort to follow them most of the time, I feel a lot more satisfaction, peace, and productivity in both motherhood and business than when I don't. I hope they'll be of service to you as well. So without further ado, here are some of my top tips for working from home with young children and now homeschooling while trying to work from home with your young children still in your home. Tip number one is that sleep is important. A solid and dependable sleep situation is what has worked well for me and my family. Now we have a one-year-old in the mix and trust me for the first six months with him, just like with my daughters, I was nursing on demand and sleep was very unpredictable. But when he turned six months, we started working on a more structured sleep rhythm, one that would align with our daughter's sleep schedules and afford my husband and I some consistent time at night to catch up uninterrupted. This more predictable sleep also made it possible for me to begin rising early. Once again, which I'll get into more in a minute. But sleep, when you are rested, you're just more yourself. You can think more clearly. You're more capable of getting done what you need to get done in a day. I understand every family is different in this regard. So if you're someone who can burn the candle at both ends, by all means, go for it. I just know for us, a healthy and predictable sleep routine allows us all to feel rested. For my husband and I to carve out some quality time outside of the hands-on parenting and also affords us some solo time. Which with kids all over you at the ages mine are, well, for me, it's important to get that time apart. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. And I sure love my time with my kids during the day. But knowing that we have time to break apart at the end of the night for me to do some things that are important to me, some time alone, all those things really factor into a healthy life balance, especially when I'm trying to work from home. Number two is routine. This is another huge factor in my work and mama life equation. We have daily rhythms we observe in our home that help my children know when it's wild, free, tactile play and when it's screen time or quiet time. They know that when they aren't on screens, I'm around. I'm playing, doing laundry or scrubbing a toilet. God knows what else. There are probably a couple diaper changes thrown in there too for good measure. But the point is, our days have inhales and exhales. So I'll explain our current situation or rather our situation a couple months ago and now what our situation looks like right now homeschooling to give you an idea of the routine I've established for my kids, how it allows and makes space for me to do my work while I'm at home alone with them all day. So up until recently, this is how our days went. We all get up in the morning. I rise earlier than the kids. I take some time to meditate, to 
visualize my day, to read a great book, to have a coffee in quiet, in silence. Ah, mamas, you know what I'm talking about, that first cup of coffee in silence. There's something absolutely divine about that. (laughs) So I wake early to ensure that I get that. That's a very peaceful moment for me and an important part of starting my day right. Um, Then the kids wake at around seven. We all go have breakfast and it's it was pretty wild place, right? I, I keep reverting back to what this is, but now that we're homeschooling, things have changed. But this was what we've done largely through the pandemic starting in March. The kids would get up. We'd all play from about 7 to 9.30. At that point, my son would go down for his first nap, and that was when the girls would get their first screen time. This was a time for me to hop onto my laptop, take care of urgent emails, work on some web design, whatever I needed to do. Then before he would wake up from his nap, I'd get to work on preparing lunch and involve the girls in that. We'd all eat lunch, have another couple of hours of tactile play, hands-on time, doing laundry together, folding, heading out for a walk, going to a local park, getting out, moving our bodies, and spending quality time together. All hands on deck. It's me and the three kiddos. Then we'd come back for his second nap, and again, the girls would be encouraged to do quiet play. Either they would read a book or do Lego or something kind of quiet on their own, and then towards the end of it, they would get a tiny bit more screen time. In that second nap of the day, I would once again check in on my work, see what needed to be done, and get about an hour's worth of work relatively uninterrupted, remembering that they're three and five years old. So they're always coming in asking for snacks and whatever else, you know, crosses their mind. But for the most part, they understand that that's a time for me to focus on getting my work done. And then after that, my son would wake up and we'd all start working on supper, more time outside, and then we're into the supper bedtime rhythm. So that's how I would afford some work time in the middle of the day home alone with three kids, five and under. Now that we're homeschooling, our schedule looks slightly different. Still, because I've got predictable sleep in our lives right now, I wake much earlier than my children. And where I would usually, prior to homeschooling, just spend that time doing my own thing and not focus on work, I'm now folding work into that time. Because I know that during my son's first nap of the day, I'm no longer getting work time. That's going to be homeschool time. So I'm parceling out a little bit of that morning time to get essential work done. Any emails that are pressing, any projects that came in with a last minute change, anything that I need to respond to right away and can't wait till later in the afternoon, I'm going to get that done in about half an hour, 45 minutes of focus in the early morning. Then we're all going to have breakfast, wash up for the day, get ready, get settled. And then homeschool is going to go from about 8.30 till about noon every day. Then from noon to 2.30, we're going to have lunch, free play, be outside, remembering that's the time when my son is awake right now. And then when he gets ready for his afternoon nap, that's when the girls are going to get their first screen time of the day. And that's where I'm going to sit down and really log some serious time on my work, hopefully an hour to an hour and a half. Remembering that the screen time is a real treat for my kids and we've established rhythms in our home that kind of um, say that when it's time for screen time, it's time to settle in, be still, be calm and enjoy it. It's a treat. And I find that because we do limit it to these specific times and they know it's when mom is working, they really focus, they really tuck in and enjoy their shows or their games. It's a very sweet time for them. And even my eldest daughter has told me that 
She loves the alone time. She likes how it's a break in the day. It's a slow down and a time to be alone, enjoying something and quiet. So that's how we do it. It's going to, it's changed slightly since we've started homeschooling. Um, but again, I found ways at the very beginning of the day and then that middle, the end nap of the day for my son to get my work done. When he amalgamates his two naps, because he only has just turned one, then we're going to have to reimagine what that looks like because his nap's going to be in the middle of the day versus two on either ends of the day. So it's always about flexing in motherhood. I think if you're a mom working from home, you absolutely know that. If you're a mom in general, you know that. Um, You know, right when you get good at writing one chapter that your children are in, they tend to move on to the next new thing and you've got to learn again. So that's what's working for us right now, that our children know to expect routine. There's times when I'm very hands-on, we're all in the same room playing and being active or out on a walk together. But when it's time to calm down for baby brother to sleep, they're expected to do something quiet and they know that I'm also going to be checking in on my work at that time. And that routine really serves us. And then it also helps me not have to burn the midnight oil when my husband comes home and work late into the night because I found a way to fold some of my work in in a healthy way in the middle of the day around the kids being home with me. So that's routine. Number three, planning weekly and daily. This is essential. So I don't know about you, but I used to always have this just horrid to-do list just forever running to-do list. And more recently, what I've started doing is writing out everything I need to do in the be- at the beginning of the week and then calendaring out those tasks in my predicted work slots. So say it's a nap time that I'm going to be working during or the quiet time for the girls. If I can look at my week and see what needs to be done and then task out the individual items that are going to accomplish that to-do list in my calendar it works so much better for me. There's no confusion. And I'm sure you mamas can relate. You're handling, like for me, I've got three kids, five, three, and one. The noise level in my house is out of control. And when it's all hands on deck and it's me and them, it's just intense and mayhem and fun and laughing and snacks, all the snacks. So by the time I get them settled and I'm ready to get to work during one of my work uh, slots on the schedule that I've planned for and I've got them settled with their quiet time or their screen time. If I just sit down and look at my laptop with no guidance of what to do, my brain feels like a scrambled egg. Like I don't know what to do or what to focus on. So planning my week in advance and calendaring in specific tasks for the work slots that I'm anticipating in that week has been a game changer for me because then I just sit down and get the thing done. The thing I wrote down is the thing I'm getting done. I don't know if you remember in high school or university, but you'd get assigned a task, say to write an essay by a prof, and you'd have two weeks to write it. And if I had two weeks to write an essay, well, I took every day of those two weeks to write the essay. And for me, that kind of looked like procrastinating till the very end and then pulling an (laughs) all-nighter. I don't know if I'm the only one there. Who did that? But what I find is that we take as much time as we think we have to get something done. So one thing that's helped me as I'm planning out these tasks and I'm calendaring them in into these work slots that I'm expecting to work on them for, 
I set a timer and I tell myself, you've got 45 minutes to get this part of a website built and that's it. It needs to be done. And I'll sit down and amaze myself at how quickly I can get things done when I give myself what could seem like an outrageously short time limit. But if I give myself longer, like say three days to finish that task, I'll use all three of those days. But if I say, hey, you got to finish this in the two nap times of today, it cannot go any further than this because tomorrow you've put another task in your calendar, I tend to finish it. So I want to encourage you when you're thinking of incorporating this, taking the to-do list and turning it into daily tasks that you actually put in your calendar, set time limits and expect yourself to deliver on them. You're going to amaze yourself at how much quickly, how much more quickly you can get things done than you thought. Okay, number four, rise early. And this one may be controversial because I know some people really identify as morning people and some people really feel like they're night owls. So you do what serves the energy in yourself, what 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 you feel like aligns best with who you are. But I will say this, and Robin Sharma says it too all the time on his podcast and in his book, The 5am Club, there truly is magic in the air at 5am. And I know I used to think this was an ungodly hour to wake up, but you know, I try to go to bed now at like 10, 10 30 and waking up at five is not that difficult when I've been able to get some consolidated sleep under my belt, which again, refer to number point number one, <laughs> sleep is essential. And once you're past those early, early months of newborn unpredictability, if you can establish a good sleep rhythm in your home with your children, then you can bank on predictable sleep yourself. And when you know it's likely you can get a good night's sleep, it's so much easier to rise early. And dare I say, it's exciting. Like when I know that I'm consolidating good rest, waking at five, especially with three kids, five and under, like I've said that a bunch of times, but I just want to communicate the intensity of volume in my home right now (laughs) is next level. So waking at five to the stillness, to the darkness, to the quiet, to coffee on my own, to time to read uninterrupted, to journal my thoughts through to completion, to finish emails without having to pause them 10 times before sending. There's just something about rising early. It helps me feel more in control of my work and of my personal life and more calm and ready to greet the day of motherhood when my kids begin to wake around 6 45 7 a.m so rising early is a huge strategy and tip for success and i know too so many high achievers that i follow and inspirational businessmen and women tend to say the same thing you rise early you change your day you know you wake early you set intentions, you manage your mind, and you change your day. And I will say this, my biggest caution when it comes to waking at 5am, don't turn off the alarm on your phone and immediately find yourself on social media because it's habitual and you just somehow got on there. Do not give those first morning thoughts and the momentum of your thoughts to anybody else but your own mind. Don't go consuming content when you haven't had a moment to create yourself. So rising early and protecting your thoughts, paying attention to what they're doing and guiding them in the direction of an empowered day is essential for me. And I really encourage you to give it a try. Try for a couple of weeks so that you can kind of 
get the hang of it and it start stops being like a chore and you can start to feel that magic that lives at 5 a.m. Tip number five, batch work. Get on a roll. So depending on what you do, like for me, say it's web design or copywriting or graphic design, I try to batch my work. Even when it comes to this podcast or digital course creation, when I can set time aside to work on the same kind of work back to back, I get on a roll. If it's copywriting, for instance, I get on a roll. I get past my writer's block. It starts to flow. So I really work hard to make sure that when I sit down to work, I'm working on the same kinds of things in particular batches. And that tends to create a way more efficient kind of output um, than if I'm kind of stuttering around everything I'm trying to do and hopping from task to task. It's like too many tabs are open in your brain when you're trying to work on several different kinds of things when it comes to your work. So batch your work, do the same thing uh, in succession. You'll get faster at it and feel more efficient. It's a very rewarding way of working. Tip number six, ask for support. So this can look like many different things for many different people. So the, the the gist of it is this. If you need help, if you say are getting great sleep, you've got a great routine, you're planning your weeks diligently, you've calendared all your tasks, you're rising early, you're doing batch work, but still you're at a moment where you've got two projects launching this month, or you have several deadlines you need to hit that have come close in succession and you need an assist. You've got to ask for help. So for some people, this looks like a babysitter or a part-time nanny or a day home that their kids go to a day a week or more. Um, but even, even within our own home, asking our spouse for help or grandparents who love to come see the babies, figuring out a time where they can come watch them. So you can just sit and get like six solid hours of work done. I, as I say that, as I was preparing for this podcast, this week looked like that for me. And so I asked my husband if there was any way this weekend we could rig something so I could just sit down and again, working parents from home, you know, you know, this, what a luxury this is that instead of trying to get quality work done in little bits of time around naps and quiet time for me to get six hours strung together is such a luxury. So what we did this weekend was I worked through my son's first nap. Then my husband took the kids to grandma and papa's house for the middle of the day, then came back and the little guy had his other nap and the girls had some quiet time. And I just worked the whole way through. So six hours straight, uninterrupted, and it was everything I needed to tackle some really big tasks that aren't possible to finish when it comes to uh, calendaring them into nap times, let's say. So ask your spouse, ask grandparents. And at the end of the day too, there are free options outside of hiring a babysitter or day home. Ask a friend for a, for a swap where you watch their kids for a certain amount of time and then they watch your kids for a certain amount of time. We can find free ways to do this. Or even if your spouse, for instance, works shift work or something, so it's just not possible. We can find ways to get the help we need if work is a priority or a nice necessity for us and we're home educating our children. So getting creative and being willing to ask for support and for help when you need it to make up that extra bit that it just isn't possible in a daily routine from time to time, super important. And I encourage you to do it. I know I need to do it more often and I'm working on that for sure. Okay. And finally, tip number seven, let some things go. For instance, right now, things have been super busy for us. 
My husband's had a very busy couple of months at work. When we decided to homeschool our eldest daughter, we had to totally restructure our plans for the year and how we were going to go about things. And then my workload happens to be super heavy right now. So there's just some things we have to let go and together pick them up and figure them out when we have time. For us right now, laundry is one of those things. The best I can do is just shove the piles into the laundry room, wash them and dry them and throw them in a bin. And then one night or two nights a week, he and I just fold like crazy while we watch one of our favorite shows on Netflix. We fold and fold and fold for hours just to catch up all the laundry that I haven't been able to fold and put away throughout the week. But it's something we know we just both need to dig in and finish because I can't possibly get to it during the day. Now, he's amazing for helping with everything when it comes to the collective load we carry at home when it comes to domestic duties and what it takes to keep the house running. So I hope you have that kind of support in your life too. But whatever you can talk to your partner about to figure out that when it's times of intense busyness or your load is especially heavy, you're of course going to put your focus on your children home educating them right now and getting your work done. So anything else that needs to fall by the wayside, you need to come up with a plan on how you're both going to pick that up in a way that allows your family to move forward together. Now, laundry is something we have to kind of keep going on a weekly basis. There's other things like decluttering or whatever else, add it to the list that you just need to put on a back burner until things calm down with your workload or you get through a particularly intense time of homeschooling. Say your kids are adjusting to a routine that they're not used to, that you have to give yourself grace for and say, life is like this. It ebbs and it flows. Right now we're doing really well with A, B, and C, but subjects or items D and E They just need to sit and wait for a minute while we figure out these other ones. Give yourself grace as you go through all of this. I hope these tips have helped you or provide you some kind of guidance or encouragement when it comes to working from home as a mom and home educating. I'm going to review them for you one more time because I know this has been a little lengthy. One, sleep is super important. Find a routine that works for your family so that you can start banking on some dependable sleep because that just opens up a whole new world for you as a mom who's working from home while home educating. Number two, routine. Carve out a routine where your family learns to expect inhales and exhales. Times to play wild and tactile and free and outside or whatever. And then times when you're calm, when the kids are expected to be more quiet, more still, more contemplative, where you can sit down and mindfully finish a couple of pressing work items. Plan weekly and daily. Get that to-do list down on paper and take everything on it and turn it into tasks and schedule it in at the times you expect to be able to work that week and then give yourself time limits to accomplish those tasks so that you don't move forward without finishing them and blow your own mind at how quickly you can finish things that used to take way longer. Number four, rise early. There's magic at 5 a.m., I know sometimes it's hard to believe when you may be used to waking up much later, but if you are working from home, whether it's a passion project or a necessity for your family financially, there is magic at 5 a.m. and you may just surprise yourself at what you're able to accomplish if you wake a little earlier and come up with a solid plan for the day. Plus, need I mention it one more time, quiet coffee alone. Okay, I feel like that's the selling point for me right there, full stop. Number five, batch work. Get on a roll. Do the same kinds of tasks back to back so you get efficient and fast with them. Number six, ask for support when you need it. Ask friends to swap kids for a little while. 
ask your spouse for help or your partner. Ask grandparents, aunties, uncles, anyone who's around. You need some extra time to get something done. Are they free? Hire a babysitter. Find a great day home nearby who allows you to drop the kids off one day a week, you know, on kind of a flexible schedule. Number seven, learn to let some things go. Figure out what your things are that you can relax on in this season because other things in this season are asking more of you. Okay, that's it for today. I hope this was of service to you. Thank you for listening. I'm so proud of you. Everything you're handling right now, it is so admirable. You are doing a great job and I hope even one or two of these tips can help you unlock a little bit more of your potential or introduce a little bit more peace and productivity in your schedule as you work from home while you are home educating your babies. Friends, we hope you enjoyed that episode. We hope it empowered you and uplifted you with tangible advice and action steps you can take as you continue to define your family's educational journey this year. If you enjoyed this episode, would you share it with a friend? The more parents we can uplift right now, the better. As always, you can reach us at newschool.ca. Be sure to leave your questions for the podcast there and we'll answer them in an upcoming episode. Until next time, remember... In this new normal, there isn't one right way. There is simply the way that feels right to you. In whatever journey you're on, we want to thank you for allowing us to be a part of your new school.